welcome to ASD, A New Perspective, the podcast show where we help you understand what is going on in the mind of your child and encourage you that growth is possible. Each week we offer the latest in autism research along with other information to help you make informed decisions about treatment options and practical steps so you can create a better quality of life for your family. I'm your host, Kat Lee. When we look at our children with ASD, we wonder, what went wrong? What happened to my baby? What should I do? To answer these questions as parents, we must go back to the beginning and understand how babies develop, what occurs in those first three months, six months, 12 months of life, and what does go terribly wrong for them. When we understand this incredibly critical time for baby's development, we then come to know what we must do. So in this podcast, Dr. Steve Gutstein takes us on a journey through the typical development of infants on our journey to find our answers. REI came out of my attempting to understand what autism is and my spending hours and hours and hours with children who had been diagnosed with autism at various ages and various levels of severity and trying to understand what are the common factors. What I want to be able to get across today is that the, my current understanding of this comes from several different places. From the research certainly that's been going on in the last 10 years, which really gives us a whole new paradigm, a whole new way of thinking about this diagnosis. But it also comes out of the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours I've spent with children and, and adults on the spectrum, as well as working with their parents and talking with their parents and listening, listening to their parents. And finally, extensively talking to other professionals and people who are at the forefront of this field. So it really is a synthesis of all of those perspectives. And I think that's really very important if we're going to understand ASD, that we understand it from all those perspectives with the idea that we want to be more effective in improving the quality of life for people on the autism spectrum, that that's the goal. That's the common mission we have is to help more people with ASD to be able to have a fulfilling life. So today we're talking not about a specific treatment or intervention or method, but we're really trying to talk about what have we learned now? How has that created a new perspective, a new paradigm for us, a new thing that we really have to pay attention to? And that's what we're going to be talking about today. And how do we bridge this gap between what the research is really telling us and what's still happening clinically? Because Many of the things, most of the things that are still going on in the clinical delivery system world are things that have a very outmoded understanding of autism. And we're still operating as, as if we haven't learned anything. And especially in the last 10 years, we've made phenomenal progress. And yet we don't see that reflected yet in interventions. I think it's essential if we're going to help our children, if we can help our adults, if we're going to help our families, that we take what we are learning and try to figure out how to apply them in a way that really makes a difference for people. Okay. As a beginning point, I want you to understand that the emphasis is on studying ASD right from the beginning. And that means looking at infants and where this abnormal pathway of development comes from. Why does this group of infants 
who are so heterogeneous, who have so much diversity initially, why do they wind up moving into the same pathway that we call autism spectrum disorder? And, that, and when does that happen? So a number of groups, as the slide says, are following what, what they call high-risk infants. And what some research was done several years ago that found that if you're a younger brother or sister of a child who's already diagnosed with autism, you have somewhere between 10 and 20% chance of being diagnosed with the disorder. Those researchers can begin tracking those younger siblings at a very early age, a couple of months of age, without knowing which of those younger siblings are going to wind up being diagnosed. They can also then have a comparison group of infants who do not have an older sibling with autism. So they usually have at least those two groups that turn into three groups later on, because when those children get to be about three or so, they make a diagnosis and decide which of the kids who were the younger siblings wind up having autism. So you wind up in research then having three groups. You have the high-risk kids who do, do not have autism, the high-risk kids who wind up being diagnosed, and the typically developing infants who didn't have a sibling. Um, and sometimes they add a developmentally disabled, like a Down syndrome group. So those are called prospective studies. They start from the beginning. They don't know yet who is, who is going to be who. So the researchers are blind to that. And they try, they try to predict at what, what variables predict eventual diagnosis and at what point can they make predictions of that and what sort of, what is the developmental course that leads to that. Now, a second group called retrospective research. And what they do is they start with children who are already diagnosed with ASD, and they ask those parents of those children to supply them with video segments from certain points in that child's early development. So what's nice about these two, prospective and retrospective, is generally they the findings support one another. There's not a large discrepancy between what we're learning retrospectively and what we're learning prospectively, one of the first things that they observed that surprised them was that in the beginning months of life, up to about six and seven months, that when they looked at things like their social engagement, they were surprised to see that they really couldn't tell the difference between those who went on to have autism and those who didn't. There's a quote uh, I like to use from uh, Dr. Helen Tager Flusberg, who's uh, been involved in this area for a number of years. And she, what she says here is during the earliest months, there's no clear differences between infants who later meet the criteria for ASD and others. And they, they all show the same type of social interest and engagement. They smile at other people. They follow eye gaze. They have eye contact during face-to-face -face interactions with their, with their parents. This is really the chart of the research that's been done up to this date looking at those children at the first six, seven months of life. And you can see there are six studies here that show that they couldn't tell the difference in terms of the amount of gazing towards mothers, which is really an important thing in engagement when, when you're talking about a, a young infant because they're not yet actively moving in their world. So one of the ways we look at engagement is their gaze. And also the other, another important thing, six studies that show that they're, can't, they're not able to tell the difference in their shared smiling and positive affect. So there's a good bit of evidence that says, okay, at least in some respects, there's not a significant divergence in those early months that when you're looking for what 
the point is where children who are going to have ASD start to, something different happens to them, at least uh, on an outward level, you really can't see much of that difference early on. Now, we may at some point find data that shows us that we can, but at least at this point in time, that's where we are. Now, what's striking is that when these researchers studied the same infants six, seven, eight months later, between 12 and 14 months, they saw a dramatic difference. Thank you so much, Dr. Gutstein, and thank you for joining us for ASD, A New Perspective, the podcast where we help you understand what is going on in the mind of your child. And join us in the continued journey as we encourage you that growth is possible. I'm your host, Kat Lee. See you next time.